So welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien. We have successfully conquered the Silmarillion. We have successfully conquered the Silmarillion, though. It was a trial, but we did it. We're in for a bit of a tone shift over the next couple months. As we jump into all things The Hobbit. I want to I wanna put in an honorable mention for someone saying Majestic Thorin. He's like a Maybelline or Garnier Fruchis ad. Well, that's in the movie. That's on the book. <laughs> so, join Caitlin and Rachel. Emmy. As we take you on this unexpected journey. There and back again. <laughs> I see what you all did there. That was very clever. <laughs> Hello, welcome to our so show. So you want to read Tolkien? <laughs> you like totally blanked there for a second, didn't like, you? What one am I recording right Maybe. now? <laughs> welcome to our show. <laughs> welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien. Uh, today we are discussing chapters 15 and 16 of The Hobbit, The Gathering of the Clouds, and A Thief in the Night. Those are good chapter titles. Dun, dun, dun. Very doomy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, don't worry, Doom gets a mention. We're coming up on our climax here, so, you know, raising the stakes. So the characters we see in chapter 15, obviously we have Bilbo, um, who is our favorite hobbit, and far better than every other character in this book. We have our usual company of dwarves, and then we have some birds who deserve a mention. There's the thrush who talks to Bard, and then we have uh, Roark. I can't pronounce this. Then we have... Roark? 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 Son of Crick? That second one. Roark. Roark? Son of Crack. Kark. Kark. <laughs> I, I bet it's like that. So we have Roak, son of Kark, um, who is an old raven uh, from back in the day when the birds were the messengers of the dwarves. Uh, Dane, Thorin's cousin, um, who's the dwarf lord of the Iron Hills, gets a mention, but he doesn't actually appear yet. And then we have Bard, who's uh, leading Lake Town, right? He is our favorite dragon slayer. Descendant of hey now. Girion. <laughs> he killed my favorite and the character. the Lord of Dale. That happens, favorite. Caitlin. That favorite happens sometimes. To be fair, the way Emmy said that is our favorite dragon slayer, and we only have one of them in this book. Yeah. Um, I, I so thought you say we only have one of them, and I'm like, excuse me, we've had two. In this book. <laughs> but in this book, yes. In this installment. Uh, and then we have the Elven King. Uh, who's arrived with his army of elves from Mirkwood and is currently aligned with Bard because Bard is against the dwarves and the Elven King would like to get into that mountain too. Doesn't everyone? Doesn't everyone? That's pretty much the plot of the next several chapters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, in short, what happens in this chapter is that Bilbo and the dwarves return into the mountain and shore up its defenses. Bard shows up with the men and elves and delivers an ultimatum asking for one twelfth of the treasure as reparations for Lake Town and uh, for what wealth was stolen from Dale by the dragon. Thorin says no. Surprise! (laughs) Said no one ever. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the long summary is the uh, Bilbo and the dwarves are camped out on the mountainside when the thrush returns and tries to talk to them. They, of course, can't understand him. But Balin remarks that he wishes it were a raven since the ravens had been friends of Erebor. And let us all... Don't they mention crows for a second? And then they all are like, no, screw those crows. <laughs> yeah, Bilbo's like, you didn't like the birds earlier. <laughs> I very much agree with that whole screw those crows thing. They're the worst. But you have a special reason to hate them, because aren't those the ones that like lurk outside your place of employment? They sleep there. It's creepy. That's so creepy. So, I love that. This is what everyone says, but you haven't had to walk through thousands and thousands of crows. No, no, I understand the terror. I've watched horror movies. I've seen the birds. Um, <laughs> it's just also kind of cool that that happens in real life. It doesn't, it doesn't smell great. I can only imagine. Okay, so I'm just saying I'm glad that crows don't get... I feel like in a lot of stories I have to deal with crows being exalted. I'm glad I don't have that here. Um... He name drops an old raven named Kark, and the thrush flies off and returns with a very old raven. This is Roak. This uh, are whatever. we sure? Are we sure that's his name? Son of the. God, we're done. I feel like that thing you know when you meow back at a cat and it looks at you like you're insane. Yep, that's what just happened. Yeah. So, son of the aforementioned Kark. Uh, Mr. R is a hella old bird. 153 years. Yikes. <laughs> Dang. That's like a decrepit bird. It's a I long can't. time. I wish I could live that long. Do you? I do. If not longer. Think of all the world we're not going to get to see. To be fair, right now I feel like death would be kinder than seeing the future world. We live in different countries. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Maybe not for long. Maybe we'll move there. Oh, I thought you were doing something else that's like yeah. just as likely. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so this raven delivers the six o'clock news. Smaug is dead, the elves are on their way to claim treasure, and the lake men want money since their town is destroyed. Uh, everyone is coming for the treasure. Maybe you should be kind. I'm pretty sure he also implies. But Thorin doesn't want any any of that nonsense. That's the next line. <laughs> Look, I was putting my own little spin on your notes here, all right? How dare you. So, Frog also tells Thorin he should trust Bard, and that the ravens want to see peace between dwarves and men and elves, even though it may cost some money. Thorin is predictably, predictably not happy with this, and he asks for a raven to be sent to fetch Dane's people from the Iron Hills, for he has many people well-armed and dwells nearest to this place. As an aside, I love that last one, like, not just the army, but he's close by. Yeah. <laughs> and the ravens do it, I guess, because of their old friendship, although, like, throughout this chapter, and I feel, I think the next, the ravens keep doing Thorin favors. I'm just like, why don't you just stop? Just... Like, you're not happy with what he's doing. No, but we talked about this, right? Tolkien needs birds to complete aspects of the plot he can't write in other ways. That's fair. And I guess they don't have cell phones. Throw up some to... semaphore from the top of the mountain. <laughs> smoke signals to the Iron Hills. Anyways. Listen, uh, they probably do have smoke signals. Wouldn't you think? But it might be from, like, a this part of the mountain age? that's been... <laughs> yeah, in this day and age. 
Um, I can see where maybe like er- ancient Erebor had like a communication system set up with the Iron Hells, um, but A, nobody's probably looking, and B, they might not remember what it is. And also C, dragon. Uh, yeah, that's true. If they saw smoke coming from the mountain, they might just think, well, the dragon's being kind of fiery today. Thorin tells everyone, back to the mountain. We have little time to lose. Bilbo, the only one with perspective, says, and little food to use. But no one <laughs> listens because the dwarves suck. And I guess don't <laughs> feel hungry? Like, Bomber must, right? It is. Moving on. We're not fat shaming Bomber. No, but Bom- Bomber is one of the ones who comes up as being, like, the least taken with the gold. And I think it is implied like he's like well he like bilbo appreciates you know food and being alive that's what i was implying that he likes food i don't like skinny people can like food too i'm just saying it is one of his his i can't think of the word one of his priorities yes there you go that's definitely it would definitely be a priority of mine like i'm not entering into no war unless you're feeding me i mean i don't i don't want to go to war either way but if I have to, there better be some food involved. <laughs> I would get much saltier over defending my cake than my gold. Fair. That's actually probably not true. I could buy a lot of cake with gold. Anyways, <clears throat> the dwarves find tools and make a wall to block the main entrance. Three of the ponies are still alive. I was so happy. And so they, which according to the book, the important part of this is that they get more like food and supplies from them. But yay, ponies, three lived. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't kill them for food. Yeah. Th- those three uh, live to tell the tale of don't rent yourselves out to this company. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, I probably would have killed them for food if I were them. Same. But we just talked about the whole food thing. Anyways, the elves and men approach the mountain one night, prompting the first battle, a sing-off. <laughs> I had no idea where you were going with that line when I started it. Uh, the elves sing some lovely elf songs. Then the dwarves sing a revised mountain song all about Thorn's majesty and war and such. I did enjoy that bit where they were all like, man, they sound like they're having a good time. And then Thorin was like, we can have our own good time. <laughs> He's the worst dad. Yeah. It's like looking at a party that you weren't invited to and being like, well, we're going to have our own party. Uh, The next day, Bard approaches the mountain and asks to parlay with Thorin for the payment of gold that was taken from Dale by the dragon and to cover the destruction of Lake Town. Bilbo notes as an aside, he did not, of course, expect that anyone would remember that it was him who discovered all by himself the dragon's weak spot. And no one does. It literally never comes up again. And it's, it said at the end of that line, like, it's good that he didn't expect anyone to recognize him because they didn't. It's literally the line. It's really sad. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. even in, okay, Rachel, you're probably gonna need to back me up with this metaphor here. But even in like sports things, people are recognized for getting an assist. Am I being right? Uh, yes, you <laughs> are being things. right. You are being right. <laughs> okay, great. That is a, a stat that is counted. So like... A bard may have hit the finishing goal, but what? Bilbo hit the finishing goal? <laughs> passed him the ball. I don't oh know. Oh God! <laughs> if you literally like could your, not have messed that up even more than you did. Your super super Canadian metaphor. It was the golden goal, <laughs> and Crosby Bard got to the be assist. Fair, from- to be fair, I was trying to mess it up. I was. 
that's fair. I do I know. I just can't believe I bit. said those words out of my own mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I am ashamed of myself. Let's let's not get back into our old rivalries. <laughs> you know, I only care about sports every four years, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. Um, right now, we, we've got we've got like three and a bit years before we have to hate each other again. Yay! Thorne replies that Smaug stole the gold, so Thorne has no responsibility to pay it back, but he'll pay for the price of the horses and cram from Lake Town. Um, eventually, if you take your army away. And also Thorne's like, no way in hell will I parlay with the elves. Which is great. I actually think there was one line here that I marked. Yes, good. That I actually kind of thought Thorne had a point with, which was, it is in my mind to ask what share of their inheritance you would have paid to our kindred had you found the horde unguarded, un- wow. Had you found the horde unguarded and us slain. And I'm pretty sure the answer to that was zero. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so even Bard is like, touche. Yeah, so I think that was a fair point. Um, though Thorin is still being a bit of a bitch here because they did literally wake and poke a dragon until it went and destroyed this town. Burned down their town. Yeah. Yep. And it's not like dwarves, I mean, maybe if dwarves did show up from, you know, the Blue Mountains, like, hey, we're the refugees, pay us some stuff. That's different than yeah. these people, yeah, on my shore or on the outside the mountain that helped us. So Bart gives Thorin some time to think it over, and he walks away and basically is like, we'll be back tomorrow, or somebody will be back. Uh, they send a messenger in, but as the army hasn't left and the elves are still there, Thorin just shoots him. <laughs> right in the head. I that thought asshole it was is dead the... now. I thought it yeah, was I'm making shield. that up. I'm making that up. He <laughs> just... I don't even know if they shot him as much as they threw a rock at his shield or something, wasn't it? It's Something stuck in hits the, sh- the dude's shield. It's stuck oh, in his yeah. shield, so yeah. it's definitely an arrow. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the men and elves declare the mountain under siege, though they're not planning to attack. They're just planning to wait them out, let them starve to death with their gold. Super snarky line. Like, you can eat the gold. I wonder if there's any, like, preserves somewhere in the mountain. You know, like jam or... How long do you think jam lasts? Well, I don't know. That was the first thing that I could think of that they may would have been able to jar or can or whatever back then. It's been like 200 years. <laughs> yeah, but oh. some things might still be there. You don't know. When you preserve shit, it's preserved. <laughs> That's exactly how that works. Um, there might be some wine. Well-aged. Or beer. I don't, know. I don't know if beer ages. It does. I suspect it would have to be very properly stored, though. Yeah. I'm just saying they didn't even look. I would have. Discussion? Favorite lines? Yeah. So I was noticing, and this, uh, getting ahead of myself a little bit, because uh, the dwarves in general start being described as grim, mm-hmm. but they use, uh, it's the first time they use the word grim to describe Thorin, and that's kind of been the number one description of Bard. Parallels or something. I don't know. I thought I might, <laughs> I thought I might come up as a po- with a point, and then... I I never did. It kind of emphasizes that they're in this together, right? They're all part of a group. uh, And then they all have sort of the same interests in that they're just trying to survive, right? And they pretty much both need the same things at this point. And also being a leader is hard. No one appreciates you. But like, both of these people just need to be slapped, I think. Mm -hmm. 
Thorn more so than I was going to say Thorn mostly. But even sometimes Bard. Mm-hmm. Just be like, why not I- just send the elves away? You might get more than what you need. I can't remember anything particularly grievous in this chapter that he did, but I think the reason not to send the elves away is that already he's going to get more out of the elves than he has from the dwarves, and he's not going to send the elves away without some guarantee. And we all know Thorin is a little erratic right now. That's true. And I guess, actually, it's not really within his power to send the dwar- the elves away. The elves are Probably not. Whatever they want. Um, so we talked about before with the thrush, but I did enjoy the line about the ravens that they live many a year and their memories are long and they hand their wisdom to their children because this just proves our whole bring your bird child to work day so that they can pass that on. (laughs) And I really liked that bit. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned that the ponies lived. That was a good bit. Basically all the humanoids in this Bilbo aside are shit. So I don't like them. But the animals are great. Yeah, shit's a bit strong. The the dwarves are kind of shitty. I can't believe none of the company stands up to Thorin. Like, I get that I he's know. the leader. But whoa, they are but, sheep. But slap him around a bit, jeez. Or get him outside to breathe the non-dragon air. Like, I don't know. I, I can't believe nobody stands up to him. That's, that's bullcrap. Yeah, I don't know if this is, like, as much an indictment of monarchy as or something like things are bad when the people don't stand up i don't know maybe that was going somewhere good that was a good thought rachel (laughs) (laughs) and then i lost it (laughs) you almost made it you just were unsure in the end my one thing against that would just be that at least in these books, Tolkien is all for monarchy. Yeah, that's kind of where I stopped. I was like, Tolkien's not anti-monarchy, but... Yeah, at like, least in his writing. Right. But yeah, because I think it's noted that Bomber and Feely and Keely, along with Bilbo, are kind of the ones who are like less gripped by everything. Everyone else yeah. is sort of captured by the, the gold sickness as well, but they're like, we can't do anything i guess as it is right now they're probably all still in the mindset of this was our mission we came here to get this treasure and split it 14 ways Mm -hmm. that's what we want to do and they're not necessarily thinking about moving into the mountain and having to have politically friendly relationships with these people well and what would the dwarves do if they quote-unquote betrayed thorin you know if it doesn't work well I get, like, the thing is... That would have been Tolkien's problem. He would have to think that up. (laughs) But it is sort of gone out... It it is discussed that this isn't all Thorin, that he's sort of... The the dragon sickness has him. So I don't see why they wouldn't look at him and be like, maybe you just need some fresh air. Because people keep saying it stinks Mm -hmm. of dragon in there. You know, maybe you just And it's not like they don't know this is something that happens. Yeah. They should have been prepared for this. Because, like, as soon as they do get out there and they fight in the battle, and, like, you could argue that, well, like, that's when he sort of comes to, comes back to himself, when he gets out of there. So what they need to do is knock him out, drag him somewhere where there's some fresh air, and blame Feely. (laughs) (laughs) Can't kill Feely. (laughs) Whichever the eldest is, the current heir. That's, that's Feely. You tried. It's fine. Yeah. There's, that's too much thought for this book. 
Anyways, that's chapter 15. Yeah. Shall we? It's kind of just waiting. There's a lot of that near the end here. Yep. Okay, okay. Chapter 16, A Thief in the Night. That sounds like a song or something. It probably is a song. Mm -hmm. Uh, The characters that we have here are Bilbo, who is better than everyone else in the book, still. Uh, A bunch of undeserving dwarves, still. The Arkenstone, which I guess is the only innocent in all this. I think I just copied and pasted most of these. (laughs) Straight up, that's exactly what she did. The Raven is still here. Um, Dane, does Dane actually show up in this one? Is he even mentioned in this one? No. He is mentioned. Okay. Thorin is fixated on Dane's arrival. Uh, Bilbo gives the news that Dane's coming. Right, yes. Bard, the Elven King, ah, and the return of an old friend. I wonder who. Perhaps he's a little bit gray. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, that's, that's them, their characters. I mean, there's also the people that pulled Bilbo out of the river. Random. Random. Bard people. I don't even remember if they were elves or men. I, nope, I have no idea. (laughs) That's how unimportant they are. (laughs) Alright, short summary? Yeah. <laughs> Are you um, lost again? <laughs> no, I'm fine. I was just... Yeah. Um, so, Dane's arrival is imminent and war is on the horizon. So, Bilbo sneaks out of the mountain to deliver the Arkenstone to Bard in the hope that he can use it as a bargaining chip and buy, you know, some peace and friendliness, maybe, from the dwarves. And gold. Well, there's that, too. I mean, peace is nice, but... But gold is better. <laughs> Nothing gold can stay. That's okay, a different pony discussion. Boy. Um, so, long summary. Uh, for days after, you know, being put under siege, the dwarves sit around uh, organizing the treasure, as you do, uh, and also looking for the Arkenstone. Uh, Thorin is finally talking about it out loud, and Bilbo is like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, he's pretty scared that they'll learn he's hiding it in the bundle of stuff he has that he uses as a pillow (laughs) (laughs) why not Um, can you that's just the funniest like here's this random hobbit I don't know and he's using it as a pillow (laughs) and that'll give you uh, some sort of sickness yeah Um, anyway the ravens come back and bring the news that Dane is near with 500 dwarves right cautions that the dwarves can't arrive at the mountain unseen and there will be a battle and the dwarves are going to be outnumbered uh winter is coming not to quote another fantasy series uh but (laughs) where are you gonna be without food um that's the world building question everyone asks all the time yep and thorns like winter will beset everyone so maybe the men and elves will parlay when they're cold this is why everyone ignores encumbrance. <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, anyway, Rack is judgmental. As he should be. Yep. So, uh, as a result, Bilbo's like, war's coming. So, he makes up his mind and takes the Arkenstone with him. He tells Bomber that he'll take over the watch and tells Bomber to go to sleep. They kind of have a nice bonding moment. And uh, then Bilbo sneaks out of the mountain with his ring on. So... Who saw that coming? Whoa. Everyone, because I told you in the short summary. Pretty much. I mean, we also watched the movie before this. 
We've also all read this book before. <laughs> it's also Bilbo's raison d'etre. But anyways. Anyway. So Good vocab there. A plus. Uh, when trying to cross the stream, Bilbo falls into the water and alerts the guard. He takes off his ring and lets them seize him, then insists they take him to Bard. And ends up sitting around a fire with Bard and the Elven King to talk some business. He... Okay. So sorry, just we we joke about this a lot, but this feels so much like something that would happen in D and D. Like he snuck out and he obviously rolled poorly, so he fell in the stream. Like it's just hilarious to me. Anyways, carry on. It it's true. Um, but anyway, Bilbo pulls out the contract saying that he's due to a fourteenth share of the treasure, and also delivers the news that Dane has an army near. Uh, then he offers up the Arkenstone to serve uh, against his 114th share. Um, the Arkenstone is described like a Silmaril again. Uh, just going to read this bit. But the Elven King himself, whose eyes were used to things of wonder and beauty, stood up in amazement. Even Bard gazed marveling at it in silence. It was as if a globe had been filled with moonlight and hung before them in a net woven of the glint of frosty stars. I'm not going to lie, I kind of want an Arkenstone. It would be really pretty. Mm-hmm. It would be gorgeous. Just, like, stick that up on my mantle. Just break it out when you want to get out of things. Oh, look at my shiny rock. <laughs> no, no, I don't have an answer, but look at this rock. <laughs> they would be mesmerized and be like, ooh, shiny. To be fair, for that purpose, the ring still works better. Hang on, I will answer that question in a minute. Let me just poke around. Whoop. That's fair. I feel like with the ring, you get more questions. Where did you go? Where have you been? With the stone, it's just, here's a shiny rock. Stare at it, and then it's it's over. It's like you blacked out, and you don't know what happened. It's fair. Um, anyway, Bilbo hands over the Arkenstone, uh, even though it does still pull at him. He's not totally immune to it, but um, offers it to stand against his claim for them to use to bargain. And as a result, the, uh, the Elven King is super-duper impressed with Bilbo, and declares that he's more worthy to wear the armor of elf princes, aka the Mithril, than many that have looked more comely in it. Like, dang, that's some good praise. Bilbo's too good for this world. Bilbo's too good for this world. Um, but the Elven King also says, uh, Thorin's not going to take this well, so you should stay here. Um, Fair. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm surprised he showed that amount of concern, really. Well, that's it's interesting. The Elven King is actually pretty darn nice in these last yeah. chapters and he I, really likes Bilbo. I do feel like like Tolkien, I don't know, like second guess himself with the elves or something. Like he spent all this time building up them being rude and unwelcoming to the dwarves and then here at the end he's like well, let's make them all really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe like, it well, is just dwarves. Mm-hmm. Or Tolkien's like, oh, I wrote out their backstory more than the dwarves. Crap. <laughs> Switch sides, switch sides. Yeah, there is that also. Um, anyway, Bilbo is still too good for the dwarves, and he refuses to leave his friends like that after all they've been through. He's also <laughs> like, but I promised to wake Pomber up. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is too good. He is way too good. Um, so Bilbo starts going back through the camp to return to the mountain, and who appears but... Gandalf! Dun dun dun! Gandalf! Who compliments Bilbo and gives a nice doom statement. Everybody loves doom. Yay, doom! 
things are drawing towards the end now, unless I am mistaken. There's an unpleasant time just in front of you, but keep your heart up. You may come through all right. There is news brewing that even the ravens have not heard. Good night. <laughs> like, really, what but the like, hell is up with that? He's just looking. like, shit's gonna go down. You might die. Good night. But like, what did he even mean? I really said- feel like he's talking to the reader there. Like, you yeah. thought this chapter was boring, but stuff is coming, I promise. But, like, it's said later that even Gandalf didn't know about the goblins. No, he knew so, they were coming. They just He knew faster. the first army of goblins was coming, at least, if not the second. I think there's only one. Well, no, because there's the second reinforcements that come. Is there? Yep. I thought it was just that there were more of them, and they came the slightly different way over the mountain. Well, okay, well, either way. Yeah. Um, Bolg yeah. shows up at one point. The son of Azog. That's all that matters. I was about yeah. to say, he wasn't in the character summary for this chapter. Shut up. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll we haven't there. read the whole book yet. What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. Anyway, Gandalf Gandalf, and then Bulbo is confused, but returns to the mountain and wakes Bomber at midnight for the shift change and goes to sleep and dreams of eggs and bacon. Fair. Yep. Sounds like some good dreams. All right. Discussion. Favorite lines? I don't think I had marked any in this one. No. I just shared that when, when Bilbo gives over the Arkenstone, I just love this line describing its value. And so, this is the Arkenstone of Thrain, the heart of the mountain, and it is also the heart of Thorin. Mm-hmm. I do like the return of Gandalf. How he's just like, pop. <laughs> Gandalf is here now. Yeah, doesn't even bother to, like, go say hi to the dwarves, you know, uses magic to dispel some uh, dragon sickness. No, no, just just pop in the camp. Demigods can't be bothered with that. Nope. Um, I particularly like the interaction where he leaves the mountain and is on his way to um, see Bard and the king, the elven king, um, and, like... The watch hears him sputter in the cold water, like he makes a noise of some kind. And someone's like, that was no fish. It was a spy. And then it says something about how whoever is spying on them is a servant. And Bilbo gets like really offended that anyone could consider him a servant. Oh, right. Yeah. He's too good for that. When really, like, dude, you're creeping around in the dark. To be fair, they you say- You can't throw stones. The, the line is, they will help him more than us if it is that queer little creature that is said to be their servant. So I interpreted that as not being like him being affronted at being a servant so much as like the servant of the dwarves who he can he would consider equals. Yeah, like he assumes that they, be. right, or is upset that everyone assumes that he is the dwarves' servant. And not like to a companion. A willing companion in their company. Yeah. I just think it's really funny how they talk about him, and that's the part that offends him. Mm-hmm. Servant indeed, snorted Bilbo, and then he sneezes. Very loudly. <laughs> and then he says something that we, well, at least I, recognize from Lord of the Rings when Frodo shows up and Bree and is like, our business is our own. Like Bilbo has almost the exact same line down here when they ask, what may be your business? Like, it is my own. I was like, oh, yep. Oh, yeah, and he also has that great line later about what, I may be a burglar, but I am an honest one, I hope, more or less. Yeah, (laughs) that was good. 
Bilbo's too good for everyone. That's it. And I love how he's thought everything out so perfectly, but he's still just like, I'm not, I don't want to be a burglar burglar. <laughs> I know that's what they're calling me, but not really a burglar. I have morals. Just like a little I bit of a burglar. I am an upstanding burglar. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I just think it's so cute that he goes, he gives the thing, and then he gets back in time to wake Bumper up. It's so cute. And it's, it's, he's happy to be in trouble for, you know, stealing the Arkenstone and all that, but he doesn't want his friend to get in trouble for going to sleep during his watch. Oh, Bilbo. He is too pure for these dwarves. Do, do we want to leave it there? Oh, that's a short episode. Yeah. Not much happens. That's kind of terrible. Well... Um, our next, our next episode, a lot will happen because we're going to do the last three chapters all together. Yep. Um, so homework for next week is chapter 17, chapter 18, and chapter 19. And with that, we will finish off The Hobbit. What? Let's get some battle. Yeah. Hopefully shorter than the movie battle. (laughs) I sincerely (laughs) doubt we can talk for an hour and a half about it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you have anything to add, you can tweet us at to read Tolkien or email us at want to read Tolkien at gmail.com. And I believe that is everything. So we shall see you all next week. Bye. Bye. I got lost. There, I have. Do you want to know how many tabs I have open right now? No, no, that'll stress me out. Shh. <laughs> okay. I- it's really bad. <laughs>